I'd have taken a three to two win, but I'll absolutely take a 42 20 win where, you know, it was an eight point game in the third quarter and Georgia just stood on their neck and, and made them quit. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 327 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. On this episode, my two co hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, We'll give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of what went down in Jacksonville. Not too much ugly, a little bit of bad early in the third quarter, but uh, it's all it's all good when you have a 22-point victory over the Gators. So, without any further delay, here's Will to get it all started. Hello, I'm Will Leach. Welcome to the postgame of Georgia, Florida, the world's largest Fight for some sort of row. Wasn't there, was that, I saw that students voted for that. We didn't talk about that in the pregame show, but then the, I think the students unions vo, student union voted for that they were going to fight for some sort of or or something. That's a dumb idea. We're all fighting for cocktails. I'm here as always with Tony Waller. Uh, Georgia wins. It was a stomping, and then it was scary, and then it was a stomping again. Uh, I think we can get into some of the mistakes and how seriously we should take them. It is, however, my personal theory, Tony, and you were there, so I have many questions about what that was like. It is my personal theory that if Georgia were playing Missouri or Vanderbilt next week, no one would be freaking out about those two turnovers that led to uh, uh, Florida starting to come back a little bit. But because of who they play next week and all that's going to be going on in that game, uh, people are particularly dialed up. Uh, what was your uh, general takeaway from both the game and uh, uh, and really what it kind of leads up to? We'll get into next week in a second, but well, before we talk about the experience, what did you think of the game itself? Oh, I thought it was, uh, it was, it was a great game. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with the premise that if we were just playing Kentucky or if we were playing even a 5-2 uh, you know, Tennessee, it would not have been as big a deal. Um, I, I mean, look, from where I sat, and I keep, I'm trying to be level-headed about this. I just like, put it this way, had had Florida scored 20 through the course of the game and wound up 42 to 20, as opposed to Florida scoring, you know, 10 straight points to make it 28-20 before Georgia pulled away, that also would have changed the entire narrative. I mean, you know, it's the SEC, it's Georgia, Florida. You're never going to be in a situation where you completely kind of like, or you're rarely going to be in a situation where you just completely dominate a team and they don't do something. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think you're right. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of the framework of what's happening next week is overlaid with what I think was a pretty sound drubbing of, of Florida. So focus on, let's just focus on that little section that made the game close for a second. And I think that a lot of that comes from like a couple of ugly turnovers, particularly that that uh, Stetson pass uh, was ill-advised, alone the fact that it wasn't wasn't a great pass. But like, you know, I do feel it's funny. I, it feels like Georgia has definitely reached a part of the season, basically as part of the whole thing with the with the way everybody kind of sees them and the way they play that every game they win over Florida, who again, you know, is not Florida, but also I would argue uh, didn't strike me as some horrible team that they should just stomp. I think there's stuff there and I think they're building something. And I think the fact that they kind of fought back after falling behind like that speaks to something that Napier may be doing that's kind of interesting down the line. I actually think the comparison to them 
um, uh, in Illinois, excuse me, in Illinois, I'm Illinois on the brain, uh, in Georgia's first, in Georgia's, in Kirby's first season at Georgia, I think Georgia has more talent, but I do think there's something to the idea of like that first year getting it kind of figured out. You can see some spirit there while things they have to kind of work out a little bit. But I also feel like we still, this is kind of what Georgia has really been really for the last couple of years. Anytime that they're not absolutely perfect for a second, it's like, okay, well, that's fine against Florida. But don't do that against Alabama or Tennessee or Ohio State or the games we take seriously. And while I think that's true, I also think that, like, the way Georgia handled that after uh, the mistakes speaks to why, while those mistakes are not ideal, it's much better for a team like that to make a mistake than a team like Florida to make a mistake like that. Georgia is so good. And again, not perfect. Uh, but Georgia is so good that they can make those mistakes, get it close, and then just kind of put their foot right back on the gas again and not have any issues. And that was to me, like, I, I agree that those mistakes were bad. And if those mistakes happen all the time, Georgia's going to be in trouble. I also think that there have been not most teams in football and frankly past Georgia teams that have made those mistakes and then fallen apart. And that is the opposite of what happened. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I, I, I mean, I, I guess I, choose to frame it that way you're exactly right um this is a team that is absolutely capable of you know maddening play uh but i mean they they were last year i mean it's i don't know i don't know i i it's there's no such thing to me as a bad win in florida it's just not and 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 when we when you score 42 against them you hold them to their second lowest point total of the season uh, hold them to one of their lowest yards per play per season. You hold them um, to their lowest rushing total on the season, and frankly, you give them, you, you give them. Uh, I think we hold them to a field goal on the fumble on the Macintosh fumble, but you know, you you basically give them a a free seventy eight yard touchdown. I mean, you spotted them ten points. You still won by twenty two points. Okay, you know the line was twenty two and a half. Vegas is pretty good. <laughs> right. Um, so. But you know that the, the, I saw a, I saw a Georgia football team that is um, look even when it was twenty eight twenty I never had a sense of panic I never had a sense of I mean my overbiting thought was oh good we've given them hope like you you know there were Florida fans there were Florida fans still around at the start of the fourth quarter and you know after the we had a Florida fan constant down by us and uh, on our row and uh, you know he was appropriately loud uh but he uh after we had that the touchdown to go up went to 35 um the look on his face was okay well that was fun and he said, we had a moment we had a moment yeah <laughs> i had yeah. to see that so that was fun right it's we beat florida which you know georgia georgia beat florida that's you know it, i'd have taken a three to two win but i'll absolutely take a 42 20 win where you know it was an eight point game in the third quarter and Georgia just stood on their neck and, and made it quit. That is the uh, kind of the ongoing discussion though, right? Is the idea of is when they make mistakes like this and then we've seen them, right? We've seen these little lulls. We saw it against Missouri, obviously we saw it against South Carolina, saw it against Florida. They haven't killed them because they're a lot better than those teams. And I think that's why not just Tennessee, but I mean, you know, I mean, you got Tennessee, you got the SC championship, it's whoever you face. And then you've got potential playoff. It is funny how much, again, it just, it, it's wild how much that kind of notion dominates the conversation of, well, they're not perfect against against teams that aren't great. So when they play someone else, it's great. Like, you know who else makes mistakes a lot is Tennessee and Alabama and Ohio State. And 
they're, they're really good and they get a chance to offset that. And then I do think that, listen, we spent a lot of time talking about what that was. This is the third straight year or third, third straight non COVID year where we've been like, oh man, the home schedule just doesn't look very great. And then last year, there's two, there's two game days. And this year, there's a huge, about uh, one of the hugest games in a long time. And I, I think part of that is part of that feeling the sensation we have is the notion that Georgia is just, uh, every game that isn't the highest possible stakes is just a, it's all about style points and all about things to be worried about down the line. And so I understand that particularly with Tennessee looking as good as they did on Saturday against a Kentucky team that frankly, I thought would give them a little bit more of a game than that and did not. Uh, I, I can see why it's set up that way, but I mean, it's a good place to be. <laughs> like I have to say, Georgia's a home. They're going to be favorable. We're obviously going to preview this game a lot uh, on the later podcast. But while you would have not rather had that little stretch at the beginning of the third quarter, uh, Georgia was clearly the better team. They, Georgia, they were clearly able to do everything better than Florida, and they clearly uh, did what you would expect them to do. The idea that we're supposed to freak out about that because one little thing went wrong and briefly one guy, uh, a few Florida fans got excited for a second. Uh, I am I'm, I'm I can be worried about Tennessee's uh, the game against Saturday and against uh, Tennessee on Saturday without feeling like this game made me more worried about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think that's right. Uh, because it's just like Georgia had over 500 yards of offense. They held, they, you know, they gave up 371 of which 78 were, I mean, you know, what a quarter of that was on one play uh, where our, our all freshman cornerback uh, who absolutely could do it against Tennessee too. But, all freshman cornerback just like absolutely made a bad play. Uh, it didn't even bother to account for a guy. Um, I, you know, I I don't know. I just I, I I think there is a lot of it is is kind of ingrained in a lot of people and, and and you know a lot of Georgia fans, but a lot of national people to like squint and say, well, you know, Georgia doesn't look invincible. Nobody looks invincible this year, right? I mean, Georgia. There, I don't, I do not believe that there is a team like that LSU team from a couple of years ago, the Alabama team from a couple of years ago. Frankly, I, I mean, uh, everyone thought Georgia was that team last year, but the reality was we weren't. And you, you, it, you know, on one hand, you have you have two and a half hours of of college game day you've got to fill up, and there's a lot of people. I mean, look, we're we're on a college football podcast complaining about people being college football podcasters, but <laughs> but. You know, you got to talk about something, and it's a uh, ho hum. Well, and another another twenty two point win over Florida. Uh, I'll talk to you Tuesday, Will. That's not how this works, right? <laughs> how was the vibe there? Before we get into, uh, I, I I couldn't help but notice we we discussed. I know that, that obviously there was a lot of discussion this week about the game in Jacksonville. Our friend Ryan Skates uh, kind of came out against keeping the game in Jacksonville uh, in uh, in the PG, uh, PGN PM. P- PMGN uh, this week, the newsletter that we saw, but you should all be subscribing to. Um, but I, 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 I think I, having not been to the game, I still think they should have it there. To me, the a, a good argument for having it there is, I mean, just go on the Georgia football uh, social media channels. I don't often see the excitement and joy that you saw from the team and its coach uh, after beating South Carolina at home. 
<laughs> or Auburn home. There is something about that environment, whether it's I'm not saying it's something about Jacksonville or the stadium, but there's something about that game that remains special, in my opinion. Obviously, it's partly because they're playing Florida, but partly because it's there. The joy that they had there, their celebration, they're out getting in with the fans, Kirby's running with them, the players are jumping up into the stands after the game. They all have that moment. I don't see that often at Sanford, to be entirely honest with you. And I thought I think that speaks something to that game. What was the vibe like there? Yeah, I think that's right. Um it's still fun. It's still fun, right? It's still fun to go down there and to see the Florida side emptied out. Look, my my take on this is completely. Uh, my take on this is it is it's one of the cool parts about collegiate athletics that a, a neutral site game uh, and, and a neutral site game between rivals like this is still a thing. It was the for a, a, yeah, at least. A, a few hours it was the center of the college football universe and that was you know georgia was number one but it would still have been the case of georgia were five and two and florida were four and three because it's georgia florida it's world largest outdoor cocktail party the game's in jacksonville it's half half florida fans half georgia fans um and that is uh you know the tailgate vibe was right robert does a great tailgate ran into clem spent some time with him uh you know it's always it's always fun going to that tailgate but it's also always fun to it's always fun to be around a, a different subset of, of Georgia fans, right? Because you there are people that only get to go to this game because you know it's an hour for them as opposed to five hours. And um the 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 and and more importantly to me, there's far more Florida fans that look dejected than there would be if we were in Athens. <laughs> That's a plus right there. There's no always. question yes. uh, about that. Um, I, I want to talk. Uh, uh, we'll get into the other games. Obviously, I want to talk about uh, uh, Coach Dooley uh, first, but the, I, we always kind of transition with uh, with ads. And I'm sitting next to my uh, shirtless son right here, who has no. <laughs> I know William. it's just a gag Papa. on the podcast. Papa, Papa, I must be clothed. I must be clothed. Can you say, Papa? I must be clothed. Papa, I already am clothed. Oh, fine. <laughs> That's You've already stuff. got him something from the seven six, man. I got exactly I, I, that, and it, it, and it wasn't committing to the bit. So, um, uh, but I could get him a shirt there, uh, but I don't know how to do it. I've heard of their site, and I've heard of general websites and typing things in, but I'm not sure how to connect the two. Well, if you type the seven six t h e s e v e n s i x dot com into your web browser. You will be able to find the seven six apparel. Also, they're on Instagram and Twitter. Are pretty active out there. Uh, Chase Kelly, uh, Mississippi, uh, Michigan State quarterback, trying to make him Mississippi State quarterback. Still a Michigan State. Quarterback. Don't make him Michigan State. Uh, I know he's got Michigan State next week, and so I, I can't. I don't want to root against him. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then, then uh, can't can't do it that way. Um, <laughs> Iowa State. No, Call Iowa State. <laughs> yes, Iowa State. It's Iowa State. Yeah, but you can go to the seven six dot com, and uh, you will. I know you're worried about shipping charges. If you do enter a WSLS uh, when you're in a checkout with a coupon code, you, sir, you, sir, will get free shipping. And so can anyone else. All right. Well, William, now you know how to do that. So you can go get that shirt. So you're not walking around shirtless and asking me for shirts. I, I, <laughs> He's clothed. <laughs> he is clothed. He can confirm that he is closed. Okay. I want to close. Uh, we'll close on talking about uh, coach. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened. Uh, 
Uh, I'm not going to go into more about Illinois other than the fact that they're seven and one and rolling right now. Continue, uh, and, continue to own their own destiny, and they are going to be on the college football playoff uh, rankings. I don't know that where they ended up in the uh, AP rankings. We're taping that first, but uh, uh, general thoughts to me, I didn't seem like a particular other than kind of what happened to Oklahoma State. Uh, there didn't seem to be any particular thing too wild. But I will say not to hype up next game anymore, next week's game anymore. But uh, I thought to see. I did think they'd win. I thought they might have a little bit of trouble with Kentucky. They had no trouble with Kentucky. Yeah, that ended up being what, 40 to six or something like that? 44. Yeah, 40, um, 44 to six. Yeah. 44 to six. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't, of course, I didn't get to see any, any football other than, you know, some highlights at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, I think the Kansas State, Oklahoma State game was probably the most surprising thing of the day. And not so much that Kansas State won. It's just they beat the fool out of them in a way that you're really – you're, you're outside of Oklahoma doing that to Oklahoma State, you still see Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State team, yeah. just get roundhouse kicked that way. Uh, but, yeah, the Tennessee game, I think uh, – yeah. Yeah, the Tennessee game, I, I think I think that uh, the entire world setting up – I think I've seen already the game day is coming. Uh, yes, yes. I feel pretty comfortable the SEC Nation will be there too. Um, so I think you're, you're talking about, uh, a massive, massive game next weekend in Athens. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I don't think there was anything else that jumped off the page, just kind of flipping through, looking at scores. Maybe, maybe Wake Forest, but other than that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sam Hartman couldn't have his own way. I I did watch some, some highlight, the the college football final or whatever it's called on ESPN two on the flight back this morning. Uh, so I did get to catch up a little bit on that. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Sam Hartman threw like five or six is possible. He might just throw another interception. Hmm. Um, but uh, that was, that was about it, but it was, look, it was a, uh, it was a fun college football experience day in, in Jacksonville. Uh, and you know, if, if it changes, it changes, uh, I, I, no amount of, uh, of worrying about it is going to change it, but I'm going to continue to, to go down there and have fun when we, when we do. And of course, uh, the thing, the, of course, the major thing that happened since we taped last, I'm sure we'll talk more about this on Tuesday, was uh, Coach Dooley dying at the age of 90. Um, I think that uh, we'll, we'll, I, we'll, we'll share stories. I think I kind of like to do that uh, a little bit on Tuesday. Um, I've read about my story of him before. Obviously, I didn't grow up here, but uh, one of my favorite stories I think really speaks to not only what I loved kind of about him, but about the, about kind of the Georgia football experiences. Uh, literally, we've probably been here for maybe two years, and uh, we are, we're at a friend's uh, in cocktail party uh, in, uh, on, uh, in Five Points, and we were just at their house, and we we're talking to people and talking to people like they always do. And then I went over to the bar and get another drink. And I literally ran into Vince Dooley and he said, hello, what are you having? And we chatted about what we were drinking. And then I then we talked to Barbara and then everybody went on around the way the rest of the party. And uh, it's hard to come up with a uh, uh, that, that speaks to kind of the low. He was a wonderful man, but an unassuming man in a almost disc. Uh, uh, disconcerting way, the idea that like you're one of those like that was like that was like the Hall of Fame coach of Georgia that just put ice in my glass, right? That's I, I didn't miss that, did I? And and I think that is uh, I think spoke to one one of the things that people really admired about him was uh, you know we we live in an age of agro coaches, right? Which is fine if they win, nobody cares, but we live in an age of. Uh, uh, football is all encompassing and uh if uh and and a distance i would say between the our uh our, our 
coaching superstars and players as well. But I think coaching probably more to the point what we're talking about here, a distance between those uh, them and the rest of us, which is understandable. And I'm not blaming coaches for it. I totally understand why that is, the way the money it is, the way people's privacy are. I understand it. But I think that spoke to the way that he kind of was, that I think a lot of people had similar experiences with him where you just kind of saw him and and, he'd be, and you would, if you did not know that that was Vince Dooley, a Hall of Fame coach of Georgia football, you would just think it was another guy that you were you, you ran into at, at, at an event in a way that I think, I think uh, spoke very, very well to him. Yeah, he was just a he was just a gem of a person. And just the every time you talked to him, he was just kind of polite and you know had had the opportunity to get to to know him and Miss Barber just a little bit, uh, mainly at church. And you know, you, every time you saw him, he was he was going to speak and, and say hey. And uh, you know, up until I guess three weeks ago, he was he was there. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I look forward to having the conversation on Tuesday. Yep. All right, so we will be back Tuesday to preview. Uh, what looks like it's going to be a pretty big game. Everyone be ready. Get your get your tailgates ready. Everyone be prepared. It's, it's it is uh, uh, get your game faces on because this is the this is the real business. And listen, we can talk about how big of a game day experience it is and how uh, and what the vibe is. But like, I also think it's difficult to overstate just how important this game really is. <laughs> like, it really is not just. I don't. This is not just like a hype game or like it feels like like when Notre Dame was here. It felt like, okay, well, this is a huge game. It's going to be wild. But, like, if they lose, it's okay. This is a huge, 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 huge game. Uh, and in every single possible aspect, it's going to be pretty fascinating. You've got Stu Mandel comparing them to the LSU uh, team already. It'll be interesting uh, to do that on to, – to to get into that on Tuesday because we got to – everybody get a good night's sleep all week because you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's going to be – There's a lot going on. I know a lot of people are upset this game was not at, at 8 o'clock, but I'm kind of glad it's at 3.30 because uh, – the hype is going to be it's going to be out of control. It's going to be too much. Yeah. Eight o'clock. I said that about the Notre Dame game. Eight o'clock was too much. So three thirty yeah. is fine. Three is just fine. And of course, Alabama LSU right afterwards. So it's almost like a semifinal coming up uh, it, next yeah, week. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's just I will looking ahead to that uh, uh, the eleven twelve weekend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just that is the other CBS doubleheader weekend. The noon three thirty. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that Alabama's going to Alabama Ole Miss that game. Uh, at Mississippi is going to be the CBS 330 pick, which in my mind uh, probably puts Georgia-Mississippi State on at noon, uh, 11 o'clock local kick, which I am totally fine with because that will keep the cowbell racket down. If it's not at noon, it will it will be uh, it's going to be a late game on, on one of the ESPNs. But I, I have a feeling CBS is going to get that game slide there. So that they'll basically have those two games. Also, it would not surprise me would not surprise me if they do slip in a six-day hold here mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. Uh, just to see what happens with Georgia. It makes sense. It makes. I think it makes it makes sense to do that, and to see what happens in Alabama, right? Yeah, I guess that's history. true. Alabama, yeah. Mississippi. Uh, yeah. So I guess Alabama has uh, six-day hold. That's my prediction on this. Six-day hold seems like this. If they're ever going to do it, now's the time to do it. Yeah. 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 So and then yeah, Mississippi has. Are they off? Um, yeah, I guess they're off next week. So. Um, so they, you know, that will be, they'll have a, have a little more time to, to that, you know, they're locked in whatever their record is before they, they do selection. But yeah, I think it's a six day hold. I'm just telling you, I think that game is probably going to be at noon. Probably end up being at noon at the end of the day. Um, all right. Um, all right. We'll talk more about the rest of the games this week. Sorry, South Carolina. I hope you enjoyed your brief moment in the top, in the top 25. That is over now. Uh, all right, Tony, I will talk to you Tuesday night. Uh, everybody get a good night's sleep because it's uh, now it's time to the real business. So, t- until I talk to you on Tuesday, 
Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back recording our huge, ginormous, big, I, I kind of went the wrong direction on that. Big should have been first. But nevertheless, we're recording our Georgia-Tennessee preview show on Tuesday evening. You can expect to hear it on Wednesday morning. And yes, we will announce the winner of the free t-shirt for whomever picked the best picks and the fun office pools. If you go and look, you can probably already figure it out. But we're going to mention their name and hopefully... Maybe they're listening now, but hopefully they will get in touch with us so we can get the right information to Chase, Kelly, and the 76 Apparel so they can get their t-shirt. Here's the good news. We're going to be doing another contest this coming week. We'll give you the details on that during the show that we record this week. Yes, the Georgia-Tennessee preview show. So uh, we'll see you on campus this coming Saturday. It's going to be a big one. And as always, go dogs.